Hello, welcome to the Marketing in Minutes podcast. I'm your host, Colby Klusterman, and happy Friday, everybody. Um, we're not recording this on a Friday, unfortunately. It's Thursday, so happy Friday Eve, I guess. Um, <laughs> but we have a recurring guest, um, Justin Gracie. Justin, thanks so much for jumping on today. Yeah, happy to be back for the third time. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, woo. <laughs> um, so if you haven't heard our previous episodes, definitely go back and listen to those. You can find out about Justin, um, what he does at HubSpot, his awesome trips to Patagonia, and his golden doodle. Before we jump into our question of today, I did want to ask you one more thing that I found while stalking your LinkedIn. You uh, you wrote an article about chat GPT, um, and I think it was maybe last week or so, but I, I read it. I thought it was really really great. I'm definitely going to link it in this episode show notes. Um, but without getting too in the weeds, what, what are your thoughts on chat GPT? I mean, it's a hot topic right now, so I'd love to get your insight. Yeah. Um, honestly, I was, I think late to the party, but not as late as some people. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think my write up is reflective of a lot of like what we've been reading out there in general. Um, but it's been fun. I, uh, was able to get into, um, set up an account before it got overcrowded and they kind of like locked it down. So, um, yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with it and I didn't think I was going to have as much fun with it, uh, as I am. And it's, I don't want to say scary how like accurate and interesting it is. Um, because it's more so like mind boggling, I think is the right word. Yeah, very impressive and opens up a lot of ideas uh, for like the possibilities on where things could go or where things are actually going Um, because you're already seeing it infused into products. You're already seeing it, um, you know, help content creators, marketers, salespeople uh, like the use cases on it have been like kind of endless. Um, Yeah, I'm. I've been very intrigued about it and I've been a little scared to be honest, just because like, Oh, I'm, I'm in marketing. Like I don't want this to take my job, but I think you specified in your article really well. Like this is just, this is to help and like this could make things quicker for you and, um, things like that. So. Yeah. And just a quick note there is like about it, not taking uh, our jobs. And I think (laughs) that is like a valid, uh, anxiety to have right now, but the way I see it, it's like, the world has gotten to a place where everything moves so fast and we've had to become so efficient to keep up with it. And marketing is one of those roles where you really need to sit down and put thoughtful time into what you're creating, producing, writing. Um, so I see this as an additive to help keep up with the pace of things. Uh, so like an easy example that I, I think I featured in that article is like, you know, um, write uh, an article on X topic and, and you can give it as many parameters as you want in the, whatever tone you want, however many words you want, spits it out. And then you can say, great, now write a tweet for me to promote this or give me the most SEO rich keywords and all these different things. So you can basically like spin out a full campaign out of a single asset really quick. And I see it being like, uh, you know, you, you actually put the thought and time into writing an article yourself you upload it, um, and then you actually have those supporting assets that you need, like the the tweet copy, the ad copy, um, the sales email to promote it, all these things uh, spit out from it, um, pulling from your own original source. So I think it's going to be a great way for marketers to keep up. Yeah, I, I like that perspective. It's uh, optimistic, which is good to hear because I know some people are, like you said, anxious about it. So 
Um, cool. Well, I'm glad we could touch base on that because I thought it was a great article. And like I said, I'll definitely share it in the show notes. Um, but that's not why we're here today. Um, we are going to talk about product and marketing, um, product marketing and sales enablement. So our specific question is how can I align product marketing and sales enablement for growth? So let's start at the beginning. Can you give us, uh, some definitions for product marketing and sales enablement, um, and maybe how, how they're different? Yeah. For marketing, your product marketing is really focused primarily on, um, translating all the work that a product team has done and what they've created, um, and, and translating that in a way that is going to be received by, you know, consumers, right. Um, and making sure it translates correctly, making sure it has the right value point, uh, proposition behind it. So they're really focused on creating like the positioning, the messaging that's going to be used by other marketers on your team. Um, and sometimes, uh, depending this changes company to company, but some product marketers are overseeing full go-to-market orchestration. So, um, the full launch of a product and working cross-functionally with, you know, tons of teams to make sure that they're all aligned on bringing this uh, product out, um, and using that foundation that they've built, um, to, to use that. Um, so I really think about product marketing as being the answer to what you sell, that, that that's the question that they want to answer. And sales enablement really focuses on translating the positioning and the messaging into a language that reps can understand and be equipped with to bring to market. So sales enablement on the flip side is really focused on answering the question of like, how do we sell um, and making sure that they can help reps figure that out. I think that's a great way to frame it up. Um, the what you sell versus the how you sell. Is there any overlap there between that product marketing and sales enablement? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, like the, like I mentioned, like some organizations, product map marketing, part of their role will actually be sales enablement in a lot of ways. Um, or they will overlap and cover a portion of sales enablement. Uh, so an example of that would be, um, you know, maybe sales enablement is primarily focused on creating the trainings for the sales reps, teaching the sales reps how to use certain collateral, um, how to understand the product, what are like the, you know, questions you should be asking prospects to get them to, you know, understand this. Um, but product marketing might be creating a lot of the collateral that the sales reps are going to be using. Um, so that's like an area where I see a lot of over, or overlap happening with PMM. Um but, uh, but yeah, like, I think that's probably the biggest overlap, honestly, is like creating on-brand collateral, pitch decks, all of the materials, and then sales enablement really taking it the next step of like, how do we go equip and, and like mobilize behind these assets? Yeah. And that, and that cl- we kind of talked about this in our last episode, but that collaboration and communication between the product marketing team and the sales team to, um, yeah. get that out and- there. And that's the, actually a great point um, that you brought up there because, like, when it comes to collaboration, product marketing having to be close to the sales enablement team, um, the sales enablement team's like always a great uh, team to consult on your messaging work, how you're representing the product, um, all of your plans, and making sure that they're bringing like the rep perspective into it on you know how is this actually going to work. The sales enablement usually asks a lot of the right questions that make product marketers be like, oh yeah, you know what? That's something we need to actually think about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that, that's a great point. Um, 
And so I feel like we, we kind of, I was going to ask like the importance of this. I feel like we touched on that a bit, but is there anything else you would maybe add to why this alignment is important? Yeah. Um, I mean, I like using examples, but like, for instance, if your reps are out there talking about the product in a certain way, um, and it's not necessarily like the research backed correct way that the company wants to represent that product or how you should be positioning that product. Um, there's a chance that the sales reps are going to fall on their face because they're creating their own pitch, they're creating their own narrative behind the product, their own reasoning of what the how this product solves these challenges, uh, which like may not always be wrong, uh, but that's like an area where you really want alignment between the two orgs so that, again, product marketing is really close to the product team and understands and has done a lot of the research um, and can create that, like what we're selling foundation for the sales team to then take and figure out how to go sell that. You're not going to see metrics move, um, possibly, uh, when you're bringing products to market, if, if they're not aligned, because the sales team won't know what's coming out, how to talk about it, where all the materials, so on and so forth. Yeah, definitely. Back to that collaboration communication aspect, um, being that kind of linchpin between the two. Um, so, so to wrap us up, I, I love talking about tools because I think those are like tangible things that are very useful for people. Um, for product marketing alignment with sales enablement, are there tools that you see helpful in that space? Some that come to mind that I see like leveraged maybe both ways is like, um, like a messaging framework that a product marketer might create for a product. Um, so being able to break it down in a way that you can kind of digest how you're going to communicate this product. Like that's a tool in my mind, the framework behind it that the sales team could use um, or the sales enablement team might actually use in their training of the product. Um, so that's one, one way I see that happening. Another tool would be competitive intelligence platforms. Um, oftentimes, product marketers are creating that competitive intelligence unless you have a CI team dedicated to that, but often that sits under product marketing anyways. Um, and that's a tool that sales reps are using on a daily basis um, on their calls to reference and they're pulling that information from. So that's like a kind of a, a collab tool in my mind. Um, and I think the third one might be for me, like we're seeing more of this now, like conversation intelligence tools. Um, so like Gong is an example or HubSpot has our own conversation intelligence uh, tool feature in our sales product. And uh, basically what that does is allows a reps call with a prospect or a customer to be recorded and transcribed. And from there you can search for keywords and, and almost do market research or you can. Um, so that's like a helpful tool, I think, for product marketers to go dig into and understand the prospects and customer conversations that are happening and then derive insights from that that will help improve what they're doing. Yeah, I haven't heard Gong, was it? That was yeah. the tool? Yeah. Cool. I, I haven't heard of that before, so I definitely want to check that out and see what that's all about. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And uh, we've been making a ton of improvements in the conversation intelligence tool here at HubSpot too. Um, but yeah, Gong Gong's an impressive one. Yeah, awesome. Um, well, I, I think those were some great points, some good helpful tools, some... 
uh, info on why this is so important. And um, I, I love using examples for answers. So uh, thank you. Thank you for that insight, because I think it's really helpful for people. Yeah, no problem. Any place that if people had questions, maybe they wanted to find you, reach out. Uh, is your LinkedIn open for that sort of thing? Yeah, I'm usually um, fairly active on LinkedIn. So linkedin.com slash Jay Gracie, I think. It yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. <laughs> uh, and I am on Twitter. I'm not there as much. Uh, it's a lot to keep up with, but uh, I will get the notifications. So feel free to reach out. I never know with Twitter. I feel like it's a little more polarizing nowadays. So um, LinkedIn is usually a safe bet, but it's just a lot to consume. Yes, it, it is. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Justin, I want to thank you so much for being on these three episodes. Super insightful, super helpful. Um, and it was just great to get to know you a little bit more. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I'd love to see like any listeners that have thoughts, comments, ideas beyond what I've talked about, because um, yeah, I'm only looking at it through a smaller lens. So would love to see the comments. Yeah, let's keep the conversation going. So um, thank you again. Uh, and thank you all for spending a few minutes with us today. Please feel free to rate us five stars on Apple Music and Spotify. And we'll see you next time. Bye.